0: Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus who it points us to. Uh, may something at least of what I say this morning point us to him fill us with his life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Palm Sunday. That means it's a week for Easter and chocolates. <laughs> and other stuff that happens at Easter, and especially for us next week. There are baptisms here next Sunday morning. It's going to be good. I think we're up to six. So that's more than five, four, three, two, and one. It's very exciting to see people being welcomed into God's family. And I know, I don't hope, I know, that when everyone is christened, baptized, dumped under the water, and all the other ways that we do baptism in this church next Sunday morning, you will be excited for them, won't you? Yes. And you'll welcome them, won't yes. you? Yes. And you'll do what you say you do in those prayers that we pray that go on forever yes. about holding people in their new life in faith together, won't you? Yes. Because it's not just for one or two people to do it; it's for the whole church. Together to keep people going on in faith, isn't yes, it? Because is. some people they start young in faith, like these guys at the front. And some people they come back to faith a bit later in life, like Chris and Liz. Don't they? Yes, they do. When they said they never would, didn't you? And look at what you're doing now. Chris is training to be a reader in the church. He says it's my fault. I, 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 I think it's probably Jesus's, to be honest. But, you know, combination of the two is fine with me. And so, the point being, of course, that when someone gets baptised and when someone puts their faith and trust in Jesus, it's because that is the only way that leads to true life that lasts. And on Palm Sunday, as we remember today, when people laid their clothes before Jesus on his little donkey on the way into Jerusalem, it's a strange old thing to do, not Get on the little donkey and go into Jerusalem fulfilling a prophecy, because if nothing else, Jesus was good to be up. He knew that if he did this, some people would recognize what he was about. Because in the Old Testament, it said, one day he will enter Jerusalem on a little donkey. Paraphrasing slightly. That's what it said. So he knew what he was doing. But my question is, did everybody else who was watching know what it was about? Yeah. Probably not. Did they think, here was a king coming to vanquish the occupying roman forces and make life exactly how we want it to be that's more likely isn't it yeah so thank you for answering that's very good <laughs> so in uh, in our day we know something about what it is to be occupied not us directly here fortunately for now at least but not very far away in ukraine which isn't that far away You can get there in a few hours on a plane. They're currently being occupied by a power that they really would rather not was occupying them. That's the point about being occupied. You don't want people doing it. There might be a small, tiny pocket that thinks, well, this is better for us, so we'll have that. But everybody else, as we know from everything that gets said on the news, not into it, are they? It's terrible. There's evil and death and pain and suffering everywhere. Caused by one group of people because they think they're better than every other. And so what happens is you look for a charger on a white horse or a little donkey to come in and sort it out. In our day, that doesn't appear to be happening, does it? No. And the Israelites, they've been waiting for someone to come along for quite some time. Not just as a Messiah, as some people would, and some people in the church. You know, in big church, I'm not talking about this church, some people in the church think, if you explain that in the Old Testament they were looking for a Messiah, and in the New Testament they sent Jesus, and that's fine. everyone else in the society will get it. But that's not how it works. Because otherwise they'd all be in church. Or at least worshipping God on Facebook. One or the other. But most people don't really get it. What they want is for the occupier to leave. That's the long and the short of it. So there are people there, the disciples, proclaiming Jesus as the king that they thought they knew that he was going to be. There are other people who lie in the streets because they like to join a crowd and get excited. So maybe finally, freedom is coming. Our military power is finally here. They were sorely to be disappointed, were they not? Later on, a few days ahead, Jesus stands in front of Pilate when he's on trial for his life, and he says, my kingdom is not of this world. Which is one of the most annoying sentences ever uttered, I think, in all of film history, because you think, I was just about to punch Pilate on the nose and prove who he really is, and he does the complete opposite, and says, my kingdom is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is close at hand as I have been telling you. You have not been listening. The kingdom of heaven is close at hand. As I have been telling you, keep listening. The kingdom of heaven is close at hand. But I won't be a king on a throne on this earth. I'll be a king on a throne in heaven. I'll be a king on a throne in here. I can still just about find my heart, even though I'm nearly 38. It's just here. I will be a king in your heart if you let me. That's the truth. Sometimes... We want Jesus to be the kind of king that he does not want to be. We want him to sort everything out. We want him to make us happy. We want our life to be the most successful life of all the lives of everyone that we know. It's not that we set out to be like that, it just happened one day, you just wish everything was better, or louder, or quieter, or busier, or more peaceful, or whatever, and you wish that God would sort that out for you, and then you might be content, and then you might do what God wants you to do, which is actually to be thankful and to love, as we heard from our reading from Ephesians this morning. That's all God asks of us, to recognise that we needed a saviour, that we got one, to be thankful and to love. That's it. It's quite straightforward, really. I could go on for hours and hours. I'm not going to go on for much longer. You'll be pleased to know. I'm not going to argue. So the problem is that not just nations or cities have occupied. We have occupiers too. Ourselves. Jesus said, anyone who commits one sin most of you have committed at least one since you got here is a slave to sin. A slave doesn't have a settled place in the household. But the son, in a good household, with a good father, and hopefully a good mother too, has a place of honour in the household. If the son gives you a root into the household, you have a place forever. We are occupied by sin. Sin isn't just actions and words and thoughts that we talk about quite often. It's a state of life and being. I know that even though I've been a Christian for quite a long time, I still do things and say things and think things that aren't as they should be. I know I'm not the only one in the room that has that experience. The thing is that Jesus said, anyone who is in Christ, it's called cool actually, but I think he was talking about Jesus. to Jesus. Anyway, in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. So we're brand new if we're in Christ. And some of these ones at the front here and over there and at the back. <coughs> Next week, when they get baptised, we're going to celebrate... That they're new in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come, and you're going to celebrate with them, aren't you? Yes. You're still listening, that's very good. We're doing well. And then of course, after that, they'll all be perfect forever, won't they? That's not how it goes, is it? Just like it wasn't after your baptism, christening, or anything else that you had, dedication when you were small. What happens is we still do the things. But we don't need to be a slave to sin anymore that's because of jesus casts out the occupier of your heart the prince of this world we're told who has quite a lot of power in this day and age but who when god says no more has no power left. Because God wins. Because love wins. Because thankfulness wins. That's what Easter is about. Palm Sunday, they welcomed the king because they thought he was going to vanquish the Romans and bring physical, human, earthly freedom. In a minute, we're going to pray. And one of the things that we'll pray... It's for peace in the world because it's the right thing to pray because Jesus came to be Prince of Peace. But he already came to bring the best kind of peace he possibly could, this kind, in the heart. To cast out the power of sin and death and all kinds of evil of any sort that you can care to imagine and make you a new creation in Christ. If you're a new creation in Christ, you're part of one body. The church. Warts and all. Even the Baruchas. One body. The church. Some people we like. Some people we don't. One body. The church. A new creation made by God for God and for us to worship Him as part of. That's what it's about. because God is perfect. Just to love and to be thankful because we know we've been forgiven and free for joyful obedience to the one who can do all the stuff that we can't do. That's what it is. Amen.